We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church here in Columbus, Ohio. We're in the middle of a series called Seven Steps to Life-Altering Prayer. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Step 3, Focused Hope. Maybe you need some hope today. Let's turn to the text. I'm going to start a little bit more in a serious note. I want to read you a story that a lady named Nancy Damas Wolgamuth writes. She writes of a young pastor, a well-known Lutheran theologian named Helmut Thilicke, who lived in Stuttgart, Germany during World War II. During the final days of World War II, his congregation was in upheaval. He was a German pastor. During these horrible trying times for his little flock of believers, the bombs were falling day and night. The Third Reich was crumbling. The Allied forces were coming in and overcoming the German resistance. Their country was in chaos. And here Pastor Thilicke looked into the eyes of his people week after week and saw fear, terror, despair. These people desperately needed hope. Was their country going to be wiped out? Were they going to be wiped out? And what was going to happen next? Now, here's the question I have for you and for us. What would you tell someone in that scenario? Here, these are German, genuine believers. This pastor had received all kinds of Problems. The Nazis kept him from having a pastor. Then he eventually got a pastor. He was interrogated by the SS. Um, he suffered in his, for Jesus Christ, and now he's trying to give hope to people as these as foreign armies are conquering their nation. What do you say to someone like that? How do you give them hope? Well, what this pastor chose to do is to preach a series on the Lord's Prayer. You see, when... No matter what situation we're in, how hopeless your life may be or how exciting it may be, wherever you are today, the Lord's Prayer is given to us to be our refuge in times of trouble and in times of celebration. It is our connection to our Heavenly Father. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, if you will. Matthew chapter 6. You know, as you're turning there, it strikes me, I don't know if you're the same type of person I am, but as I look around in our nation, as I look around in our world, I'm tempted to be hopeless. It seems like now, it's not that the world has ever been in worse places, it has. It's not that our nation hasn't been in worse places, it has. But it seems like now with my cell phone and, my, and the television and, the, and all the way this news is coming, I mean, it feels like I'm getting constantly hit with a sense of it's all falling apart and, and hopelessness and here we have an election and I don't think anybody's really happy about our options no matter where you are. Where do I get hope? Where do I get anticipation for the future? How do I, um, well, it comes in prayer. I believe it comes in prayer. My heart for you is by the time you walk out this morning that your heart will be filled with prayer and filled with hope and prayer that leads to hope. Paul told the Romans, he said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. 
See, I don't believe that's just what I'm thinking about today. I believe that's what God's word is to us today. We need hope in different ways, but we all need hope, and that's where we're going to find it in God's word. And I hope that you're going to experience that not only today, but in the days to come. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Let's read the whole Lord's Prayer together. Many of you know this, but I'm going to begin reading in verse 9 where Jesus is teaching his disciples the prayer that he himself had been praying. He says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're all saying the same thing. We're longing for God to work in us. And Jesus has laid out to us, here's the answer. Here's how you pray. Pray like this. How many of us say that if Jesus said this is the way to pray, that maybe that would be a really good idea for us? Sometimes I'm like, so like, how do I pray in this situation? What should I do? And I think this really sets the tone for how we're going to seek God in prayer. Now let's go together. I want to draw us back to verse 10. That's the verse that we're going to look at today. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to look at that first phrase here first. It says, your kingdom come. Now, what are we saying? What are we saying when we pray, your kingdom come? What we're saying is, this is a broken world. We have broken hearts. And God, we need your kingdom to come into this kingdom, this world, and make things the way that they should have been, were back in the garden. We want your rule and reign. We believe that your ways of doing things, that your kingdom, your son, who is the king of kings and lord of lords, we want him to come. Make things like they should be. But when we pray your kingdom come, our father in heaven, a loving father, whether you had a loving father or not, is irrelevant. God is the perfect father. We say, Father in heaven, your kingdom come. What we're really saying is we are longing for your presence on earth fully unveiled. We're not just praying for God to bring some governmental infrastructure. We're not just praying for a different kind of media that's run by God himself that tells the truth all the time. We're not praying for all of these. We're praying more than anything else when we say, your kingdom come. Think about this. When a kingdom would go conquering, it was the king arriving that made the difference. Your kingdom come. What we're praying most of all, I want to ask you to jot this down quickly. My prayer should reflect my longing for the nearness of God. Sometimes we forget in all of our frustration with this world, the problem isn't this world and its infrastructure per se in the greatest sense. Our greatest problem is the fact that God is not here in the fullest sense. We're going to look into that. What do I exactly mean by that? 
Psalm chapter 27, verse 4 says this. David says, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Hey, can I ask you a question? When you begin to pray about whatever you're praying about, but especially when you're praying this prayer, do you long for the nearness of God's presence? God is not a Coke machine, put a couple quarters in, I need some help in my, you know, it's getting close to finals, or it's getting close to this, or vacation's over now, and, and we, I need some help, I need some help, okay, that, that part's in the prayer too. But more than anything else, our hearts as believers should long for the presence of God near to me. If God were more visibly evident in my house, my house would be different. If the presence of God is more evident in my church in Columbus, in your church here, and the, the glory of God comes down, we're going to be different. But do we long for that? And Jesus is saying to his disciples, listen, when you pray, pray. Your kingdom come. There, is a, there should be a, a sense of, though, appreciating our government and our freedom that we share, there should be a natural dissatisfaction with this world and a longing for something greater, your kingdom come. Now, when we were talking about this, your kingdom come and your presence come, uh, there's a sense to which, is, is, are we talking about the kingdom future? Are we talking about when Jesus comes and rules and reigns? Or am I talking about things that can happen like tomorrow? What if Jesus doesn't come back tomorrow? Does this prayer even matter if he doesn't come back tomorrow? Well, actually, it's both. This is the difference between what we might call realized eschatology versus future eschatology. Another way to say this is uh, there's the part that's already and the part that's not yet. There's the part when Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. When I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, we're looking at us. This is the kingdom of God. Okay, If the kingdom was totally not present, there'd be no church. This would be a very, very bad place. But the kingdom is present. Jesus did come. He established the church, and we are the representatives of the kingdom of God here on earth. There's, an, there's a part to which we're praying, God, do things through the present. Let your kingdom come and grow and get stronger. There's also an element to which it's not here, because if it was here, we wouldn't be talking here. We'd be looking toward Jesus Christ in awe of him, and I'm telling you, when we're in his presence, <laughs> Wow. See, the preachers, we all lose our jobs when that happens because all we're going to be doing is worshiping. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. If you're listening to Meeting with God, you're clearly interested in God's Word. You know, one of the great joys of my life is seeing people grow together in God's Word on a weekly basis. And these messages are a part of our weekend services. If you don't have a church family, let me invite you to join us this weekend. Our church home is located in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Details are available at verticalchurch.life. Let's look at those really quick. Let's look at first at the already. We pray your, your kingdom come. What is the sense to which that is already? I'm going to look at a couple quick verses. These are coming quickly. Just to give you a sense of what that means, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, but it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ is here in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul's saying, listen, Christ is in us. Christ is in you. 
Christ is present in this world. His kingdom is present in this world through you. Let me give you another verse. Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is in us. This is the presence. This is how Jesus Christ is present in us through the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 20 says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus Christ is in us. Think about that. Can you imagine this world had no believers in it? We are the light of the world because Jesus is in us. The kingdom is here. Now, here's what I want to ask you to be thinking about. We can have hope because God has not abandoned this world. He's put us here. Not only has he put us here, he's more importantly put Jesus Christ in us here by the Spirit of God. When we pray, your kingdom come, we're praying, God, would you reach more sinners with the grace of your son, Jesus Christ? Would there be more people who are infilled in by the Holy Spirit because they're believers and who are shining the light of the gospel in this dark, dark world? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. I'm so excited to partner together in Barbados. We are in Barbados. I'm telling you, the Christianity down there is, an, is a mile wide and an inch deep. And I believe some people who are down there, I think a lot of people down there who think they're believers and don't even know what it means to be a believer. To be a Bayesian is to be a believer. How many of us have heard people say, well, I'm an American, I'm a Christian? Now, there is a difference. And God's going to use us together to see his kingdom advance. But here's the thing. It happens in prayer. God didn't say just think your kingdom come. He said pray your kingdom come. And, and we are a part of what God is doing. What's going to happen in Barbados is going to happen because you are praying and we are praying in Columbus. And together we're going to see God do things that only God can do. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come in my marriage. God, I want your glory to be revealed in my in my school, where I go to school, in my work, where I work, in my church, where I am right here. Your kingdom come. I'm going to back up for a second here. I don't, I like to have fun. My office back in Columbus is kind of on the second floor. We got some, some nice office space that no one wanted. So, um, but I happen to have a really good view. And so there's this, we're kind of, there's a bunch of little businesses around us, and I'm kind of up on the second floor, and I have a nice little window that looks out, and I can see a lot. And ever since this thing, I don't know, some of you might be into this, this whole thing called, like, it's called Pokemon Go. Um, I, I sort of understand it. I'll just leave it at that. But the best part of it is somewhere on our property is something that's valuable. That's all I know, okay? <laughs> because I see adults walking in the parking lot. Like the other day I was out there, I was looking outside at this one guy was sitting under a tree and you could tell, I mean, he's not in meditation, but it looked like he, but his phone was out and he was kind of, and then all of a sudden this dude across the street was like out with his phone and then, and then all of a sudden they found it because this guy comes like running across the street. It just reminds me of like an adult version of an Easter egg hunt. I mean, it's just like crazy how these people get so excited, you know? I have my own things, so we could all laugh at each other. Here's the thing that they're doing. If I summed it up, they're looking, looking. Everywhere they go, looking. In restaurants, looking. In businesses, looking. You know, looking. Trying to find that. I don't know. You tell me what they're, I don't know what they're looking for. Something. 
Now let's pause for a second and say when, when Jesus told his disciples to pray, your kingdom come. There was an element to which that would be present, but there's an also an element to which it's future. I want to read to you from the book of Titus. Paul wrote to Titus, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And here it is. Waiting or looking for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in a way that puts Pokemon Go, Stop, whatever, out of the way, is there a sense to which your life, like their cell phone, is looking and longing and, oh, is this the day? Is this finally going to be the time where Jesus comes? I'm going to think that's a lot bigger than finding whatever the thing is. And our world has a way of finding a new thing to go find every day. But a day is going to come when Jesus Christ is going to step out of heaven. And we are going to have a show that it will never, never be duplicated on this earth. And there ought to be something within us as believers that we are looking and training our eyes. Pokemon go, nice. But I'm looking for Jesus. And there ought to be something welling up within our spirits of, your kingdom come. Jesus, come. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Is there an urgency in your heart to pray? Because someday God's going to answer that prayer. And though we look at the darkness getting darker, some of us are getting closer to seeing answers to prayers that Christians have been praying for centuries. Your kingdom come. Think about that for a moment. Can you imagine a world? Can you imagine a kingdom coming and a, a king coming? A kingdom where the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the presence of sin, the pain and pollution of sin is gone. <laughs> Beyond that, imagine a world where the influence of the enemy, the darkness of the enemy, the deception of the enemy, the whispers of the enemy, the plans of the enemy are put down forever. That is when the kingdom has come in its full dimension. Our eyes should be looking on that. We will always have hope. We will have a great hope, so long as our hope is in the one Jesus Christ. He told his disciples, in my Father's house are many rooms, John 14. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. That is the hope of every believer. If I was thinking about this whole verse here, I want you to look at the next phrase. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, your kingdom come, see, I, I, as I'm, I was processing this whole thing, maybe you would think like this. What would happen if God's kingdom came, but his will was not done? What do you have then? Why don't we just pray your kingdom come, Amen. Well, one of the natural things that happens when a new army takes over an area or takes over uh, real estate and it becomes controlled by a new kingdom is the first thing is just to 
make peace. But then the next step is to insert a new set of governmental rules, a new way of doing things or a new way of life. That's what's going to happen here, the implications of that kingdom. And as we're praying, your kingdom come, we're praying, Lord, your ways be established. Our prayers should reflect a longing for the nearness of God, the already is living in Christ by the power of the Spirit. Living in Christ by the power of the Spirit. Here's the not yet. Looking for the full revelation of our blessed hope. So what will that look like? We were in Barbados a couple of uh, months ago. One of the nights we were um, walking around, the group of us, Matt, I, uh, the wards, Derek, and um, as we're walking, we started by the parliament, which is in Barbados. They have the oldest parliament in the Western Hemisphere. It's considered kind of like the New Britain, if you will. And here is this beautiful brick building, lots of history, incredible stories that could be told of government and all of that, and beautiful and then we began to walk, and we, would, we were going down a couple different blocks, and literally it wasn't much more than five or six blocks. And Derek, who is going to be our church plant pastor, we're going to be getting behind. He was a police officer for a while, about a decade ago. And he began to tell us of this particular area where um, there was prostitution going on. And I'm going to kind of spare some of the details, but I'm going to tell you enough to say there was... One girl that they caught that was 13. And as they asked more information, they found out that um, mother was the one that one day turned to her and said, I've spent my life providing for the family through this form of employment. Now it's your turn to go out and do that for our family. Something in your heart that goes, something is wrong with this world. It's not supposed to be like this. And when you see brokenness, I I think of what the Psalms say. My eyes shed tears, streams of tears, because people do not keep your law. When I see this, or I see the most recent shooting, or I see the most recent whatever hits the news, there's something that breaks in my heart and ought to break in our hearts, it says, God, when is the time going to come when your kingdom will come and your will will be done? Where when God's ways, God's good ways are established in this world, my prayers should reflect my longing for the ways of God. Now, it's easy for us to see that in some other place, but every one of us has been touched by brokenness. Every one of us is a sinner. Every family here represented has areas that you wouldn't want people to know about or things that you were even talking about on the way to church this morning and things that you wish were different. And I want to tell you that God has a better plan for your family. God has hope for those areas of brokenness in the past. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the story, as we sang earlier, There's no grave that can keep the gospel down. There's no death that can kill the gospel. There's nothing that God can't raise up from the dead areas of our lives. It's easy to say that here because you're supposed to. It's 
Christian correct to say amen when the pastor preaches that. Yeah, but I have areas of brokenness. I, I know I've known some hard things, and pastors have to see a lot more hard things. Do I really believe that? Because if I do believe it, I will pray. If I don't really believe it, I will not pray. I will simply hope that things will get better, maybe, or I will give in to despair. And maybe you're here today and your heart is filled with a burden that's just breaking your heart. Maybe it's in your own heart. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's a child that's running from the Lord. Maybe it's a family member that's going through all kinds of brokenness. Maybe it's somebody at your work. Maybe it's somebody you love. But somebody is going through something today. You know that. And the difference about whether you're really believing that Jesus Christ can change things is whether you're going to pray about it or you're just going to worry about it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request, either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at this very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.